Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And you are listening to the podcast, formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast, coming to you from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No, but not only and are we in the, in the filthy store, are you in an Avery? Uh, are, budge- no, are the budgery guards too- going crazy? In the background there? Yes, they go crazy. Yes, they go crazy. They do go crazy. And uh, we're brought to you with the very dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging with people who just adore the Canberra Raiders. Uh, and they have interesting ways of showing it too. And we're also brought to you uh, by the great people at Landspeed Records. Come in and get your CDs, your LPs, your T-shirts, and all your magnificent Audio Technica gear. Um, from people who love the Cambraders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, you must love the Cambraders as much, if not at least as much, as our special guest star, Heather Locklear, Matt Hollywood, Leneves, coming to us all the way from the West Coast of the United States. Matthew? Hello, Pork. Hello, Blake. Hello, fans. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here after a win. It's great to be here before the next win. I appreciate everyone, and I am proudly wearing... The Blake and the Pork Ass Clown Beanie, the wrong way around according to Pork, the right way around according Definitely to Blake. Definitely the wrong way around. Hey, it's spelt wrong the way you're doing it. Good old semi-trailer had it in his hands during the week. So happy to be here, guys. Very happy to be here. Nice well, one. look, it was meant to come. It meant to come further in the order, but look, we've had our first winner of the week for the uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork Competition 2022. Where, of course, you know you have to rep your Blake and the Pork merchandise or favourite uh, Blake and the Pork taglines, such as Raiders by 56, uh, uh, as is. <clears throat> uh, you know, whatever you like that actually says people raise review with Blake and the Pork and then hashtag it to hashtag place your pork or hashtag show your ass with ass being A-R-S-E the wrong way. I didn't like that one. Anyway, it was none other. No one's than hashtag JB. place the pork. No one's hashtag place the pork. JB did. Oh, did he? Okay. He's a sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's not. JB. Well, he's this week's winner. JB from the Greenhouse. Former, our, our... former, not from the Greenhouse, from the Green Machine Podcast. Former, I mean, he's on Green the Machine Greenhouse. Green Machine Podcast, sorry. But uh, he's actually yes, he a former um, listener of the week as well. But the thing is about he not JB. the treasurer of the Greenhouse? Oh, do they have a treasurer? I don't know. Um, I think so. JB is pretty much the man behind the scenes that does all the hard yards um, at the Green Machine Podcast. And then you got Matt, who's sort of the guy with all the stats and the pretty smart one. Then you got Nick, who's the funny one. And then there's Solzy. And he's on there too. There is Solzy. He, <laughs> he is on there too. And I'm not sure if you're all lucky, but one of the reasons that we managed to win against the Sharks on the weekend was Solzy wore the hat. Now, if you haven't that's seen got, the that's hat, got I no, That's got on. nothing it's to do with it. That's got no. Do you know the reason we won? Because I was there. Because I am three from three at games we've attended. Uh, we've won all. I like Solzy's hat. But so you, you weren't there, Bris- Tim. Are you going to Brisbane this weekend? Then yeah, just, just organising a GoFundMe uh, for people to to all chip in so I can fly up. Well, at least we know that Semi's going to be there in the in the fans with the beanie. Going back to the place you pork, JB managed to get our very own Semi Valame 
holding the ass clown beanie and saying these magnificent words. I've got to say Bit hard to hear. Bit hard to hear. Um, but I mean, yeah. it, it is a bit hard to hear, but um, uh, I've got a semi for Blake and the Pork. Um, yeah. The, and, something and, special there. And when, when Semi smiles... The well, world smiles with I know, it's just a better place, isn't it? It just, just warms you. He's got one of the best smiles in, in the NRL. Probably the best. It's much better than Jerome yeah, Lewis yes. or Stephen Crichton's. Look, so anyway, JB, coming out to you as soon as we find out what your address is, it will be a absolute authentic jar of Pork's uh, homemade, home-marinated jalapenos, which i got to tell you are the best jalapenos and, in the world. Even and, if I do say myself, I make them. And a very sticky jar of Arnie J's honey. No, he's not getting honey as well. He just oh, gets right. one prize. Oh, he's not right, going to get right, all. He right. get, sorry, JB, you get in contact with us. You can either have a jar of Arnie J's honey or you can have the jalapenos. One or the other, your choice. <laughs> now, I should let you know that there is absolutely no way in hell that we are letting someone from the Green Machine podcast win the major prize. So, And as we said at the very beginning of this, the, the competition is up to the discretion of us and no correspondence will be entered and into. And it, it's running till the end of the season as well, which we didn't spell out. But is, And also, Audio Technica did send us a turntable to give away as, as part of the, the, the major prize. And it's not just the entry-level one. It's one of the really fancy 121s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, another reason why they're just a magnificent sponsor of this show, Audio Technica. If you're not using Audio Technica, well, you're not using the good stuff. It's just the way it goes. We're on Audio Technica mics here. If we were going to play this on a turntable, we would be playing on an Audio Technica turntable, wouldn't we? Of course. Yeah, no, that's good. Anyway, right. so we well done to you, Joe. We didn't mean to jump into that. We should no, we could talk about football if we wanted. Yeah. We could do that. Look, the Bulldogs win. I think, look, the best thing I can say about that is it was two very badly needed points, but it was a pretty ugly game. It was, but we were always going to try and simplify our game plan. You know, we lose Jack and we obviously we've had a bit of a an interesting rotation in the spine, you know, Frawley came in and he played great. Um, you know, we're, we're still getting used to Elliot starting at nine and going to 13, but I thought as far as, as far as um, sticking to the way that we wanted to start the game and then having um, a pretty direct half, I, I thought Frawley played really well. I, I'm, you know, Ricky said in his, in his press conference after that, he's, he tried, he's the type of guy that plays for every percentage. He plays for every foot. He's the halfback that's just trying to do the right thing. And and I noticed that. You know, you notice that Frawley, he's very direct when he wants to run it. And when he wants to pass it, he's very clear. He's never he's not confused. He's not kind of like half and half and, and here and there. And mm. and and for instance, just before he threw that dummy and scored that wonderful try and made Matt Dufty look like a wonderful try. Made dummy. But he um the the play before um, he he went to the line and he and he threw that forward pass. So he, he kind I don't of think it was that forward. Up. I don't think it was that forward, man. I was right. In I don't think it was, it was that forward either. No, that's right where well, I was. I was very surprised that one got pulled back. That was on the TV. I because uh, uh, you know I, I had no idea why that was called back. I thought yeah. there was an obstruction in the line or something. And so when they went back and it was like that's forward, is it? I was like, wow, really? Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think it was forward either. And the Foxtel telecast, you know. <laughs> Steve Blocker Roach is calling for a penalty. Yeah, he for an said it was just two meters it, forward because I was at the game a, and saw that right, and that's right in line where all the action again every happens every week is right in front of me where I'm at the ground. But um, I was right in line with that one, and at the time I didn't like you know you can pick the forward passes immediately. 
I didn't think it was forward. And then I watched the replay of the game yesterday and I thought oh, I'll get clarity one way or another whether it was forward or not. And it still was pretty unclear. No, it, did, it, it didn't look forward, did it? But what's so great is Frawley clearly was like, all right, we've set them up here. We've, we're, they're now going to be, we've scored a try and gotten away with that pass. So they're going to be looking for it. And on the next one, he just went bang, bang. And, you know, I'm so happy for the fella. And, you know, if you go back to the preseason um adam elliott was so excited to play against the dogs or no playing a preseason game sorry with frawley so for the fact of them both to start to both probably be our two best players it's it just says well for our squad depth and you know hopefully going into this game up it's quite up in brizzy it's quite funny i was actually in the uh, line for a beer with um uh, adam elliott's mum when that try was scored and it was they've got a new bar there i was quite excited about it it's good a canberra um, craft beer specialty bar. Adam nice. Elliott's mum was was less a fan of. I gotta say, she didn't want the craft nah, beer. She... That's one question I can ask. I can ask both of you guys. My my brother lives in Victoria actually, and when he was going up to Canberra to visit family a few months ago, he was so excited about the craft beer and the wine um, industry in in Canberra. Is it is it that amazing now? Like, has Canberra become the craft beer capital of, of Australia? Well, so they do. So they do like a hottest one hundred of craft beers, right? And the last yeah. two and years, won it. Ben Spokes yeah. won it. And then Capital's the other one, and they're always in the top 10 as well. So, no, the, the, the Canberra yeah, They're both Cup very good. And, and when it comes to wine, the wine in this region is magnificent. Um, if you don't haven't tried the Clonakilla Shiraz, um, that's out at Murrumbateman, but Canberra region, do so. Yeah. The Shore Vineyards wine is sensational. No, Lerida Estate has... Ha- yeah, yeah. Ler- and Nick Leary stuff's good. The Lerida Estate Rosé and the Mount Majura, Penny Agree, uh, uh, things to die for. Of course, you've got to go back to the Brindabella Hills um, Risling, and it is absolutely magnificent, as is the Ken Helms Risling. There's there's just ex- excellent wines through this region. Not just That's good fantastic. Wines, That's fantastic. I love that. Not that I'm I a lo- piss pot. I'm not a piss pot. No, but, you know, like Canberra, I, I have family from Canberra long before Canberra was even there, you know, back like yeah. pre gold rush and Braidwood and Araluan. And my granddad was born um, in Araluan. Then it's come up to Braidwood. Like we're talking a hundred years ago. And, and the fact that, you know, um, there's families that gold have been there for so long. That I'm taking it. Well, just, you know, like that there's new industries in Canberra. That's pretty awesome. I love that Canberra's got this, you know, booming industry. I, I think it's pretty cool. No, it is good. And Lark Hill, that's another one that I'd forgotten to mention. It's also got some brilliant wines there as well. Look, there's yeah, there's just some absolutely outstanding wineries around the place. But anyway, getting so back yes, to no, uh, Adam Elliott's mum, the game. She was she wanted oh, some, yes. she wanted Carlton Dry. She didn't want um, Bent Spoke or or Capital. But anyway, <clears throat> when Matt Frawley went in and scored that try, she was very excited. Have you seen? Have you, have you guys seen a dummy that was been, that has been bought? bigger in but your that life was, that, that, i think i think that more said more about where matt dufty's at as a football matt you know, at, you know, what, yeah, you know what that reminded me of so much was remember the last couple of weeks of um darius boyd where he'd basically given up yeah. on it. he just was avoiding contact at all costs and he'd do that sort of i'm gonna pretend to go for the dummy you know and then when someone's coming one on if what you got to do well, is when jack there White are rumors was there were rumors that they're doing a deal, the Bulldogs are doing a deal, and part of that deal is Dufty's heading to England, and he yeah. knows it already, yeah, and the rest of the deal's out. just having to be done, and he doesn't care. Well, he's, got a one, um, he's only got one year deal. Be it. 
He's only got a one-year deal, and Bulldogs fans. Are, but I think he, I think he, he'll be over to England before June thirtieth. Is the go? But yeah, look, it's it's August. It's, it's August something now, Pork. It's August something now, Pork. It's not June thirtieth. Oh, Getting back to the shoe man, I thought us. he was great. He was clearly the dominant half. Uh, he did yes. the majority of the kicking and everything else. And I mean, if Matt Frawley has another good game against the Sharks this week, I would be very much tempted to put Schneider back to reserve grade and keep Frawley and Whiten as, as the halves moving forward. Because, I mean, it's only a matter of time. We're, we're only covering time until... Um, oh, he's back training, Fogarty. Yeah. yeah, Fogarty comes in. So, Schneider, Schneider's, you well, know, he's, he's, he's had a good run, and he's done pretty well, but I think he'd probably also benefit from going back and playing a bit of reserves. Maybe. Look, Frawley definitely gets the Raiders review with Blake and the Pork $20 land speed records. And when he, when, he, finishes, when he finishes his shift at the shoe shop next door... Yeah. His family owns for all his shoes. He can pop in and pick up his voucher. He could be the first one to actually come in and pick up a voucher before they expire. Yeah, that's right. Well, the other thing was, of course, we we saw on the television. You wouldn't have at the ground. Impact Comics uh, just up the road from you. Uh, great uh, local store. Well, so as they well. had it. They had uh, it. Um, they had it on the ground. And then when I watched the the replay yesterday, you could see the superimposed logo. But yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, They yes. won. They won the uh, Telstra competition. What do you guys think yeah, well, of would... um, Adam Elliott in the game? I thought he was magnificent. I thought he was great. I think I, I can't see him moving out of nine until such point as Trevelyan's back in. And I haven't seen whether Trevelyan's actually no. named in anything this week. No, weekend. there's no reserve grade again. Bizarrely, reserves have a bye two weeks in a row. But I don't know if you remember, well, Matt. It's it was very actually... strange. They've been very, they've been very quiet on Trev. You know, it was meant to be one, two weeks, and we're now up to five. Yeah. Hopefully it's not another Josh Hodgson. Um, very much. I don't know if you remember Matt. After uh, Matt Frawley's, you got you got to look up to see this bit. Brilliant performance against the Titans at um, nine. I yeah. call I call for Adam Elliott to go to nine and play the role that he's playing now, which is essentially the role he's I playing. Know, I, I mean, is the I hockey. remember that because I not only remember because I was there, but I also remember because you reminded us about <laughs> seven times since then. So. That's what I do. That's what we do on this show. We don't let things go. Um, but he's essentially playing the role that Hodgson would have played in that yeah. starts at nine and then goes to 13. And look, having him off the bench and playing 20 minutes like we did, you know, a few weeks ago, is pointless because he's not an impact player. He's, nah. he's, a, he's a stamina effort player and you need him playing as many yeah. minutes as possible. And he's a fighter and he's a scrapper and he's one of those guys you need in there. So he's not going to come and we also And we also need players that are playing pretty direct football, especially when you've only got two... Yeah. You know, two forwards on the on the bench, and and what that's one of the things you know I spoke about last week with missing Havili, but we've really we noticed a difference when Sutton was brought into the team because Sutton actually, like him or lump him, he actually runs a pretty direct line. Um, and and now once Elliot's got more minutes, whether it be at nine, and then when he drops back to thirteen, when he makes a decision to run, he does that. And Frawley did that on the weekend. It's like I I I've loved Schneider and what he can offer and defensively he's solid and he seems like he might be a pretty incredible um halfback but he needs he's, he's maybe a bit more of a 5-8 at the moment maybe he needs a little bit more time so the decision making slows down and he can actually look at the game and 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 be a bit clearer and it was pretty evident on the weekend that you know he's two steps behind like he realizes he has to throw that harbour bridge pass so he did it off the scrum but it was it was forward it was way forward on the game yeah. you know and because teams are rushing up on him in the first he had a bit of a fumble six weeks. in that one. He sort of caught and fumbled. Yeah, it and then, then he, he went, lobbed yeah. it. But but as soon as we get a half, that's that's not really worrying about anything but making a decision and going really clearly, like Frawley did on the weekend. It, 
the other players outside him just know where to be and that's that's really evident with our side is you know if you look uh, there's no way i would have ever signed chad townsend but look at what he's been able to allow the space oh. and the time did for the you, players outside of the cowboys right um, did you hear the interview with um todd payton on NRL 360 and he said yeah look we signed uh we signed chad not to score us tries not to be a game breaker game breaker we just signed him to be a conductor we've got all this talent in the outside and backs get us and, to the points yeah, in the field exactly yeah. and that's all and, we and need that's as where well. i think and that's where i think like jared on the weekend croker he he plays a very he plays a very he plays a game at center that people outside him know where where they need to be you know if we've got um, Tomoko and we've got Valamai, they're not exactly running the lines that a, a pretty normal centre would run. And I thought Croker played really well. I still think yeah, you know, so Valamai I. is a great centre as well. But, um, you know, Croker wasn't great, but he was good. And he also allows the players outside him that when Croker's playing, they know where they need to be on the field. They know, okay, Croker's going to give me the flick pass or he's going to go, he's going to run that outside line. I need to cut inside. There's just a little bit more clearer decision-making and, you know, obviously he's hurt um, and we've got Seb Chris back in this weekend and we'll get to the starting lineups pretty soon. But, um, you know, I've always been, I've been a critic of Crocus as well, but just watching him there and watching how early he makes decisions in attack, I I appreciated having him back on the field because it gave the guys outside of him more clarity. There was two or three pieces defence he did where we would have let in a try um, yeah, he rushed up. Been yeah. down. That's that, that's that's no bad thing against Semi. There was a couple of good plays which they did where I thought he was beaten, and on each occasion, not only wasn't he beaten, but he put in a really really good tackle and completely stopped the momentum. Now I know where we were, we were playing the Bulldogs. I know that's what we were doing. You know, so don't don't make you know hear me thinking that you know everything's wine and roses because I know exactly what we were beating. But at the same time as that, um, you know, you can only beat what's in front of you, and while Look, I didn't think it was a forward pass. I thought that should have been a try. And there was something else that went um, against us where I thought that would have led to it. It was definitely but a double I movement. One... That Nick Hutchinson was definitely a double oh, movement. Oh, such a double <laughs> I, I couldn't even believe they were claiming it was such a double movement. The instant I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, that's a, that's a double movement. But, but the, a, the curious one that a, I had Adokar's was... Adokar's um, drop, too. That was a try. Adokar dropped it on his foot. That's yeah, but that's that's. Uh, yeah, that's but he wasn't debatable. kicking it. It's debatable. There was one, no kicking yeah. motion. The one where Jack White got it, he was clearly actually kicking out at it. Whereas Adokar drops it, like it drops down and it hits his foot, but there is no kicking action whatsoever. And they what made was that the, What was so, the one? Was it Cooper Cronk? Or, was it Cooper Cronk or Thurston five or six years ago where they actually dropped the ball? Oh, the drop kick. But uh, yeah, but it was a it drop was, kick. It was Thurston. <laughs> that was ridiculous. No, it was Billy Slater. It was Billy Slater. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was yeah, Billy it was Slater. Slater and, he, and he got away with yeah. it. He scored a try. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was Jared, like because Jared there was Croker, a, a kicking action. Yeah, Jared Croker was good um, at the ground. I got to say, when he came off after being hurt, it looked as though you know he was in a lot of pain, seriously hurt. It. Uh, it did feel as though amongst the crowd that we were saying goodbye to Jared. Like everyone stood and applauded, and it was one of those moments where you could tell that you know people were thinking this is it. So it's great. It's great to hear that he will be back in two to three weeks. But as some of the people on this podcast uh, have pointed out. Um, other players initially have been out only for two or three weeks and it's turned out to be much longer. So fingers crossed still for Jared. Look, one of the interesting things I saw on the weekend was Elliot Whitehead. Did he play more than 35 minutes? And pretty much of um, those 35 minutes, and I'm not saying this ironically, I'm saying this dead set, of those 35 minutes or so that he played, at least 20 of them were in the front row. He w- he was running the ball up in the he middle of the He played 67 ruck. minutes, man. 
He played predominantly at 13. I, I barely saw no, it. No, he didn't play. He played front row trucking runs. He played predominantly no, at back row. But we definitely have, we've definitely changed our game plan from earlier in the season where we're not having that pivot 13 and we're actually having three middles. And um, whether it's uh, Adam Elliott, Elliott Whitehead, you know, or Corey Hattawit and I, they're all moving into that middle rotation. And if you want to call it prop rotation or 13, he's playing that. I certainly that, do. You know, like, okay, I so he played, he, played six, he played 67 <laughs> minutes, right? He came off in the 67th minute. So he played 67 straight. minutes straight. And before he came off, he was absolutely gassed. Um, there was one set yep. where he was just on his haunches the whole time. And if you looked back um, to fullback, Rappiner, who'd gone there by that stage, was also on his haunches. And I was like, oh, God, here we get, we're going to get overrun here again. So let's not get too high on the win because, yeah, there was a point there where I thought that the Bulldogs were going to get us and um, a lot of other teams would have. When if that try the one that Croker had his shoulder on if Duffy had scored there I was convinced that yeah we were gone. Uh, they had all the running momentum. But having and, said that, if Croker had actually grounded that one for the try, I think we yeah, would have won. They more, should have given easily. it to him just for you know out of romantic sympathetic oh, reasons. Well, I, I have seen I've seen those awarded um, basically because it was forced by his body. I don't agree with it, but I no, have no, you seen can, ones you can, where you they've you gone can, over the ball and enforced it with his body. Yeah, because I don't think it's be, hit. No, no. Here's the thing, Tim. He, it could be forced with the body. The reason they pulled him up was they said his hand brushed it on the way down. If his hand didn't yeah. brush ah, it, right, it's a try. Right. It's a try all day. The sa- right, the sa- right. The, okay, sa- yeah, the yeah. same thing happened against Penrith last year at Panther Stadium when we were up 6 nothing, and then Croker just claimed that one and we, we could have been up 12 nothing, and then uh, and then Hudson Young gave away the, the penalty and then oh. Nico Klukstar got his neck busted and then we basically got run over. But I... Um, yeah. oh, I mean, I'm... I'm it's 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 really interesting how they've found that rotation and and for the first time, I feel like the starting lineup and I know you'll get to it in a sec. Pork, we've got CHN at thirteen, and we, you know we've got um, Elliot at nine, and we've got Young and Whitehead in the back row. So I feel like this is our strongest pack. It really is. Yeah. And hopefully, one more thing I'd say know, on that Bulldogs game though is we you know we need to score more points against the Sharks. Only we That's only beat the, we only beat the Bulldogs scoring points. We only beat the Bulldogs. You score for scoring fourteen points is not going to be enough to beat any other team in the competition. Generally, we are a team that needs to score. You know, it's close. It's close to thirty points. If you look at the wins, most of our wins, we're scoring close to thirty points. We're very rarely well. Look, there's many opinions on how well that match went, but uh, none none are more important than uh, that of uh, Danny Stewart. <clears throat> yeah, this is Denny Stewart, the uh, half brother of a uh, Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> with the dummy. Oh, that's neat. That's lovely. And then, oh, he sells the candy and goes all the way. Matt Now, they were the uh, dulcet tones of uh, Dan Ganane calling what I believe is the uh, greatest individual try. By a Canberra Raider at Bruce Stadium in the club's uh, 40 year history. <coughs> now, like most Raiders fans, I've uh, rewound and watched that try uh, at least 80 times now. Uh, he's now now throbber Matty Frawley. Uh, he's a Canberra Raiders treasure. Some might even say he's a uh, national treasure. <coughs> now, as far as individual tries over the years at Bruce Stadium goes, uh, those slightly older Canberra Raiders fans might remember a try that. Uh, Ah, uh, the great Brett Mullen scored versus the Broncos in 1995. 
<coughs> no, that's the only one I can think of that comes close to the one Matty scored, and uh, the great Rabs Warren was calling that one, and uh, for memory it went something along the lines of this. Kick and chase by Mullins. Kick and chase again by Mullins. This could be a uh, miracle. Oh, it is a uh, <coughs> miracle. <coughs> Uncanny, isn't it? I hope I did the uh, great rabs justice with that one, but uh, that was a great try by Mullins, but I've uh, I've got to say, the uh, try by Matty Frawley against the Dogs, oh, I think that's trumped it. <coughs> uh, for mine, Matty Frawley should stay in the team when uh, Jackie Boy's back, but uh, we'll see what happens there. <coughs> so onwards and upwards for the boys. That was a uh, famous victory against uh, uh, the Doggies last Friday. They were a bloody good footy team. <coughs> uh, so the Premiership charge is back on and uh, go you green machine. And um, he, he's a man who has his opinions, you know, Danny Stewart. And, you know. One thing um, I'll say about Danny uh, yeah. Stewart, one thing yes, I'll say about right. Danny Stewart, he's very loyal. He's very loyal to this podcast. He's loyal. And that goes a long way. Does it goes a long way being loyal to other, this podcast? Absolutely other, does. Others are not loyal. No, well, others are not loyal. And you know who's really not loyal? The shark. The shark is not loyal. All right, what's up, everybody? It's your man John back again for another week of Shark Attack. Uh, this week's going to be a little different. I um I have with me a special guest. It's the Canberra Raiders team doctor. Say say hi, team doctor. Yeah, good night. Uh, cool. Great. Uh, yeah, he's here. Definitely with me. Um, and in light of the Jared Croker injury last week and diagnosis of three to four weeks or whatever it was, I don't know, uh, we're going to go take a trip back in time and look at another famous injury and see if we can get the Canberra Raiders doctor to diagnose this one. So let me just jump. Come on. Let's get in this time machine that we bought from Uncle Rico after he got back together with his wife. You're in? You ready? Well... Here we are in Texas. It's November 23rd, 1963. Uh, we're in Dallas. It's great. I love Texas. I met my wife here in 45 years. Uh, yeah, okay, great. So we're standing here. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. We're standing here in the coroner's office in Dallas, Texas, with the body of John F. Kennedy in front of us. Raiders doctor, what do you think's going on here? Can you take a look? Uh, yeah, mate. Look like he got, he copped a pretty bad head knock. Huh? What? What? Yeah, mate, uh, I know it looked pretty bad on the telly, but, uh, you know, scans back in Canberra reveal it's not as bad as it feared. Uh, Doc, his brain was literally still on the street when we walked in here. The CIA, I mean, Lee Harvey Oswald, blew his skull open on live television. Yep. Uh, yeah, should be right to train next week. Mm, yeah. Uh, huh. Hey, Raiders doctor, look. I think there's some malpractice solicitors coming up those stairs. You better hide in the closet while I jump back in this fucking time machine and leave you in the goddamn 60s for good. Ah, it's good to be back in present day, Canberra. 2022. Well, as it's um, recording this on a Tuesday, I guess we'll take a look at uh, Teamless Tuesday. All right, okay. Wait a minute. What is that? Number nine, Josh Hodgson. What? John Bateman. What? Terry Campisi at 5'8", huh? I changed history!
Go, you green things! Well, a lot of people have called for him to be sacked off the podcast. A lot of people wanted to be transferred. They don't understand who the shark is or what the hell he's doing here. You interestingly know, and, and enough, neither do I. Interestingly enough, um, Solzy from the Green Machine podcast is has just announced that he's stepping away from the podcast for a bit. He's, he's just had a baby and he's going to spend some time with his family. And um, we're actually currently in negotiations with the Green Machine podcast for John Sharkey to take over as host of their show. And when I say in negotiations, I've said they can have him and we want absolutely nothing in return. Yeah, I was about to say, how much money do we have to give them to take him? Just take him. Is there a certain set amount that we have to give them to to go with the package to sweeten the deal? Does that happen? Now, I should mention, of course, with that that overall prize for the year, there is a magnificent uh, signed vinyl copy of John Sharkey's album, uh, Shoot Out the Cameras. Um, as well as a John Sharkey t-shirt. Yes, a John Sharkey t-shirt. And it Do is they exist? Do they it exist? Is as good, yes, it is as good as you hope it would be. It is the most magnificent t-shirt. Um, it actually pains me to give it up as a prize. I wanted it myself. My wife said, get that thing out of the house, though. So there you go. That's the way it's going to go. But yeah, there goes the shark. You know, he's got his opinions. You've got your opinions. You're all entitled to your opinions. That doesn't mean Blake and I, uh, uh, you know, have any truck with those opinions. They don't no. go there. But look, now we should get, thanks to the good people at Jersey's Megastore down at Iron Knob Street, Fishwick, get to the you, team list for the Sharks. Did you hear the big plug that um, Iron Knob Street and the Canberra Outlet Centre got during the week? from uh, Jimmy, By Jimmy Rees. Yes. That was surprisingly, surprisingly accurate. His, I think, his, I imagine, I mean, he, must have done, he must have done a call out or something because, yeah, it was bang on. It was. It was. It was very, very accurate. The Iron Knob Street and the cock, yeah. you know, it was definitely the close. Anyway, if you go down to Iron Knob Street behind the cock, you will find Jersey's Megastore, uh, a fantastic sponsor of the Greenhouse. Uh, go down there. They don't have the jersey you're looking for. Well, I, for one, will be surprised, as long as it's a reasonable one. Um, if you were looking for unreasonable ones, here's the team list. Uh, starting at fullback... Um, for the Canberra Raiders, we've got uh, Charles Nicol Cookstar. Then on the wings, we've got Nick Chotrich on one wing and we've got Jordan Rapiner on the other wing. In the centres, we will have Matthew Timoko as well as coming back into the side, Seb Chris in the number four jersey. Now, he's off the bench last weekend and didn't do too badly. Now, he's coming back into a place, uh, Toots. Then in the halves, we've got Matt Frawley and Brad Schneider. Then front row is Josh Papali'i and Joseph Tarpane, who will be playing his 150th match this weekend. Um, we've got Adam Elliott locking the scrum. Then we've got, sorry, not locking the scrum, at the hooker. Then in the second row, we have Hudson Young in 11, Elliott Whitehead in 12, and CHN at 13. On the bench, we have Tom Starling in 14, Ryan Sutton in 15, Xavier Savage in 16, and Corey Horsburgh in 17. That's a that I mean that's the best side I think we can field at the moment. There's no one yeah, missing there that I, I, I would have in instead. Xavier Savage. I mean I know there's no reserve grade this week, so he can't be playing reserve grade. But he either needs to be playing fullback in first grade or reserve grade. He's not improving as a player. You know he's got to get experience. He's got to get this. He's got to get that. On the bench, he's not improving. Either he has to come on with like ten minutes to go to try and save the game. You know what I mean? I'd rather. He's I just think he's the side. After you, Paul. I think he's the sort of player um, who may just be able to come in when people are getting tired and rip holes through a Sharks um, defensive line. And I think that might be what he's there for. But the, the issue is, well, we need a back on the bench. 
you know, we know Seb Chris can can go into different roles in the side. We need a back on the bench. We've got Harry Russian in the 18 jersey there. Who else would you put up? That's the question. If you have a centre injured, you could put Whitehead or CHN at centre. I mean, Corey Hardaway and Nida. Cannot, you maybe, maybe CHN you could put against at centre. You can no longer put. Against Talakai, that you would can be brilliant. No longer, you can no longer put Whitehead in the centres. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. Too I remember slow. the last time we put Sia in the centres. The last time we put Sia in the centres and we all knew we shouldn't have done it. We did it. It didn't work out. You remember when we put Adahingano on the wing? <laughs> I liked Adahingano. Oh, that I night, that night on the wing, that was, oh, was so bad. No, it's it a tough one, now. right? Because, you know, like, we make that decision about carrying it back on in the 17 and it's every proved week. costly. And it's every also... week, though, they come in. Yeah, every week, also... they come in. It's That's the thing I'm always like. No, but I remember that game against Parramatta about two years ago when it really proved I think Simonson might have been on the bench and it really, yep. it, we needed him. It's funny because, you know, I'd like to, we're going to try and, obviously we're going to try and power, play the power game through the Sharks. They have a pretty small forward pack um, and Paul will get to their side in a sec. But I don't know, I, I, I'm with you, I think, Blake. I, I think I'd rather run the risk of maybe not having it back on the bench and maybe throwing in um, a Mooney or a Holler or even bringing Gula back on just to relieve our our forwards just for an extra 10 minutes to give them an extra bit of a break because if Savage is going to play 15 minutes, is he going to have as much impact that maybe what giving, you know, uh, Papali'i or CHN or Whitehead an extra little yeah. bit of rest by having... Or we end up with a situation with, I, like, um, Chance two weeks ago doesn't even get off the bench. You just got one person you know even using. Yeah. Uh, Rushton's the one I'd... Or what happened on, Rushton's but, the one I'd bring in. Or what happened on the weekend. What happens if Ch- Chance went down on the weekend and we needed that back on the bench? What happens if Chance he goes he down He probably will. He probably will get cramp or something, or you know what I mean? Or maybe it's a smoke screen and maybe he's still not even right to play after his cocked leg. Well, it's tough. It's a risk, right? It's a risk. So, you know, you've got to make that calculated decision and that's obviously before what the thinking. game and... Oh, well, yeah. who knows what they're thinking. Look, the, the, we know what the Sharks side are thinking because they've named it. They've lost two players. They've lost Will Kennedy. Now, yes, I agree that was a send-off for Will Kennedy. Um, I thought two weeks for that was probably more than it needed because he got sent off early in the match. And another week, I think that's about right. It was reactionary. There was no actual harm to to the other player, to Reese Walsh, who got straight back up. It was a code hanger. Yes, it was send-off. I thought two weeks all up was about right. And I thought the first week could have been the one he got sent off for. Two weeks after that, okay, I guess Jack White yeah. got two weeks for a very innocuous um, uh, lifting tackle. So I guess that swings and around. It wasn't a spear tackle. Just yeah, I, I no, didn't. It think it was, you think that's a spear tackle? Stick it, stick it up your ass, Blake. No, but I, I also don't think that the the, the weekends. Um, you know, in-game decision should have anything to do with the match review committee. If you get yeah, sent off, exactly. then you got sent off for that game. And yeah, then, no, and no, no, then, no, then no, the punishment no. should be later. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe. Look, all, all I'm saying is, I, yes, I am a bit of a Will Kennedy fan. So I was just like, nah. it was clearly, and I, I I still say it was a send-off. They're saying it was clearly an accident. It was definitely a send-off, but it was clearly an accident. That's always been it's a like, send-off. Not... That's, when I started watching League, that was a send-off. Yeah, and should be. For a while there, should they be. It's like, like when mate. CHN got Jerome Hughes the other year. Yeah. It was like, it was an accident, yeah. but he got him. Yeah, you know what You know what else was a send-off? Yeah, of course, it was. of course it was. Tackle. But it's kind of yeah. funny because when I always, people go, oh, the game was tougher in the 80s and 90s. And that's why I grew up, you know, going to games and watching it. And people were sent off all the time. It was actually only in the 2000s that with the systems of putting people on report that they actually stopped, they actually like, stopped yeah. sending people off. 
So they've yeah. started sending off people again in the last, you know, six or seven years. And we've, but, we've also got commentators that are out there trying to influence the games by saying, oh, you can't have 11 on 13 or 12 on 13. It's ridiculous. Like, uh, Ramey and Tackle was as bad, or if not worse, than Papali'i's in Magic Round yeah. last year. Oh, definitely And he got worse. five weeks for that. I, look, I thought, you know, I thought Ramey's Ramey and... was worse than Kennedy's. I was. was. Absolutely. It was... It wasn't even Ramians is one of those ones that you remember back in the day when Bill Harrigan just looked at the player before anyone's even started to breathe and just pointed, you're off. Not even like talk to the touchies, just like, nah, you're done, mate. Like it was straight to the head. It yeah. could do way more damage than and, and was like, meaning to hit, you know. Not maybe not meaning to hit yeah, the head, Ramian... but meaning to hit for damage. Uh you and Aiken, if you actually watch the replay, you and Aiken is actually out before he hits the ground. Like he face completely plants, out. he like and falls flat on his face, which yeah. is a sign you don't fall flat on your face unless you're like totally knocked out. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Anyway, the Ramian, Ramian, they got away. Ramian being and out is Ramian being out is is a good thing for us though, because he's you know I mean it wouldn't okay. Be so we've got Jared, what they've but... done though is they've moved Nico Hines back to one. I don't agree with that. I would no, no, but that's but that's but that's what that's where he played. In this, basically, one. I know that's where he played at the Storm, but he's played. No, 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 no. And also, also in the game against the Warriors, he went to fullback. He did, but what? what I don't know whether this is going to help us or not. But um, it might tie into what Pork was saying earlier, and maybe why the Bulldogs are trying to let Matt Dufty go. Um, the Sharks have got a little bit of a secret weapon playing in reserve grade. He scored more tries for the Jets than anybody else in reserve grade this year is Lockie Miller. He's the rugby sevens player yeah. who's playing fullback and halfback. And Lockie would slide straight into the dogs and they're trying to get an early release. They're trying to sign him. And I'm, I'm kind of happy that Hines has gone back to fullback because yes, he played fullback um, at uh, the storm, but it means he's going to get, his, he's going to get less time with the ball. And, you know, Trindle hasn't played all yeah. year. Moylan's I, I think it's definitely to our advantage. I agree. I'd, I'd much rather have him back there than have Hines play you know, seven and have Lockie yep. Miller come in, to be honest. And, that, and, and that's my fear. I feel they're, they're messing up a system that's working well. So they've got him at fullback on the wings. You've got Sione Katoa and you've got Ronnie uh, Mulatalo, great wingers. So they're great finishers, both sides. Mulatalo better than Katoa, but they're both good. They're fast. They're strong. Um, Connor Tracy's come in to take the Ramian spot. He's a good, solid player. Um, and we've all seen Talakai. there last year. Yeah, yeah we, we've all seen Talakai playing this season. We were all surprised he wasn't on the bench coming into the second row. But my God, he's made that a winner. Um, even when he's having a quieter match, he's still effective there. So that's good. You've got Matt Moylan, who's playing his best season since he left the Panthers quite easily um, in number six. You've got Braden Trindle, who was sent off uh, pre-season and suspended um, for an incident, which I don't think any of us thought deserved it. Um uh, yeah. Playing number seven, coming back then in the front row, they've got Toby Rudolph and we've got Aiden Tolman, um, and then uh, Blake Braley, who I think we can all agree has been playing some brilliant football at dummy half. Yeah, he's got a lot of spark. Yep, but it's not notably. But he spells he his name very, with very, it, That is in- interesting, but very he has very league. few dummy half runs. When he does do them, they're very <laughs> good. But his passing game, both sides of the body, is excellent. Like he's a really good hooker. There, we got Brighton Nakora and Teague Wilton, both good at scoring tries, the lads, um, in the second row. And Teague, course, Wilton, will be, Teague Wilton will be coming for Brad Schneider. We've got to watch that. Uh, t- 
Teague Wilton will be coming to make up for last time because I think it was Teague Wilton and they went th- Hudson Young went through to score the try. Um, then we got on the bench, you got Cameron McGuinness with the world's finest mouths of teeth in the NRL. Um, we got uh, Jack Williams. Then you got Wade Graham coming back. He played a solid okay game last week coming back. He's um, their version of Jared Croker, isn't he? Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was there. He's okay. And then, of course, Royce Hunt, ex-Raider on there. The, the strongest bench. man in the league. Um, did you know that, that? Right? Yeah, apparently bench pressed 200 kilos. He broke Paul Gowan's record. Is that right? Okay, what bullshit that is. <laughs> Who cares, like, honestly? But, but now we get but, to the bit seriously, that... Like, that to me, before we get to your bit, that's it. That's a, that's a, as far as the Sharks side that we could potentially going up against, you know, Hanmu ULA, um, Fafita's given us nightmares. Who, whoever, whoever else is the other middle, like Tolman's starting for them. Yeah, right? like yeah, they're they're a little vulnerable. They're a little vulnerable. And if if the rain comes to Brisbane like it could, oh, it's going you know, to. and we're and then the other thing is, and we're, we're going to be our, the the what's going to be the sixth game or something. So not only expecting yep. rain, yes, expecting that, the field to be pretty muddy and chopped up by the time it gets around to Sunday. It, it could it, it could yeah. level us and give us a bit yeah. of a chance. Like I'm, I'm not trying to say Raiders fans. Well, like just to today, win. Suncourt Stadium is getting 60 to 90 millimeters of rain today. It could flood. It could be underwater by the weekend. It's happened before. But see, well, it it's has, on a floodplain. Sharks can't swim today. Sharks Six. can't swim. Sharks can't swim. We're so going to eat fish and chips, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going <laughs> to open the the, the the window. Tomorrow they're, they're going up to 50, Tomorrow they're going up to 50 millimeters of rain. Friday up to 60 millimetres of rain. Saturday, well, they're saying... It's an omen. Raiders by 56. So it's, it's it's lightning <laughs> up. And then on Sunday, it's lightning up. But the field's going to be so soggy. By the time people come, it doesn't even matter how well-drained and new it is. And it is. It's a good It's a good pitch. That amount of rain, when you're talking over two metres of rain hitting that by the time the first match starts on five o'clock, uh, 6 o'clock on Friday, that thing is going to be shredded it's, up. It's pretty clear you know? we're going to be playing up the tram tracks. We're going to be up the middle. That's where our advantage is, you know. And and in the low, middle, if low we can error. Hold the ball, we got a chance. Low, exactly. Well, we last uh, was a big improvement on errors um, last game against the Bulldogs compared to the week before. We went from eighteen errors to eight. So you know that's what we want to but look. But it at. will come down to your dummy half runs. Your dummy half runs going to be all important. So and Nick Cottridge was a lot the better. The beach sprinter was a lot better. Oh, oh he was yeah, so much better. And he was. Uh, um, Guys, I'm 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 gonna do a Solzy. I'm gonna do a Solzy. All right. I'm gonna get on the phone right now. I'm gonna email Brendan Cow, a previous guest on our podcast, and I'm gonna change my tips, just like Solzy does every time he tips. Thank you, Solzy. I'm going to tip the Raiders, not the Sharks, and I'm gonna stick a finger right up Brendan's coit because the Raiders. So are what you had you had weekend. previously tipped the Sharks? Is that what you're saying, Matthew? Disguise, I had Matthew. Brendan wants tips like I am a disgrace, but I've also what would Alan Tung say? What would, what would the you know one of the most You're disgrace, popular Matthew. Raiders players last four <laughs> years think about that? He tips the Raiders every week. I mean, if he was every in, week, I usually did go to tipping tip, he would. Yeah, he would. He doesn't because it's he every. doesn't like gambling or tipping or anything that's not it's not his thing. But if he did, yes. that's what he'd do. You know, okay, look, <laughs> it's time to get to the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Sorry, I don't have as much gusto because I'm in the second week of COVID and it is really kicking the pork's ass at the moment. Um, right, so on the extended bench for the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, we have Andrew Fafita in the 19 jersey, Luke Metcalf in the 20, Lockie Miller, as you talked about, in the 21. So there's a chance that he will come in. 
there's, there's a chance, chance. there's a there's smoke chance. screen there yeah. and he will come in we've got uh jaden Beryl in the 22 jersey we've got jesse colcahoon in the 23 colcahoon. And thomas hazelton colcahoon. you get it wrong you get it wrong every year and i was waiting for you to hear for you to say it wrong again it's irish colcahoon not colcahoon what would you know about irish i did a film it's I oh, did seriously a what in, would you know i can tell you there's there's three yeah i'm half yeah, irish croatia's close Croatia no, I'm, to yeah, I'm half Croatian, half Irish. No wonder I've got Bay. issues, you know. <laughs> anger right, issues. There you go. Yeah. Don't make me angry. Yeah, definitely anger issues. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Uh, and Hiroti is um, the other person on the extended match. But and they've got Marwini Hiroti on the in their 18 jersey for the Raiders. We've got Trey Mooney in 19, Sam Williams in 20, Peter Holler in 21, James Schiller 22, Emre Gula 23, Albert Hopawate 24, and in the 18 jersey we've got Harry Rushton. Um, look, look on, on the basis of look, Rocky Miller, Andrew Fafita. Um, don't, don't do it, Paul. Don't do it. Rocky. Don't do it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give that don't one to the Sharks. Don't do it. I'm going to give the extended bench. Um, yeah. That means we win by 56. Just I think I'm going to give the extended to. bench to to the Sharks. There, I just I just think their extended bench is, now, is slightly better. But look, speaking you know, of your pronunciations, right, though, with, with, speaking have, of pronunciations, last week uh, you did yep. you absolutely butchered uh, Sia Manifakai's name. How did you say it? Yeah, yeah. Can did. you say That's it again? True. Can, 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 can say it again? Say it again, pork. A pork. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, I actually heard some, when I was driving to the game on Friday night, um, I actually heard someone pronounce it even worse than that. Phil Smalls. Really? It was even worse than that. So, um, Chris Coleman, if you're listening, get well soon because they really need you back on the Raiders Chris, on this team. Chris and I, Chris and I have been talking, and he is he's I'm 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 up and about a bit. Uh, he is not. He is he's sicker than I am. So, um, yeah, he's he's not in a good way out. Raiders out on mixed Coleman team needs him badly. Hopefully he gets back fairly soon because uh, yeah he's he's really been struggling, and I'm out of quarantine but I still got symptoms so I'm stuck at home. Um, right, so but uh, look, having a look at the match, it's time now to rip in with RDJ. G'day Raiders fans. Well, we got there in the end last week by keeping the dogs to only one try. Some positive signs defensively, but still plenty to work on in general with us. I will say that Hudson Young and Kotrick had their best games for us, I thought, which is great to see. Adam Elliott also doing a good job for us, starting at hooker. So it's magic round this week, and we have the Sharks at 2pm on Sunday. A lot of predicted rain this week in Bris Vegas, so that should narrow the attacking gap between the Sharks and us. Hines to fullback, uh, and in comes Braden Trindle at seven. So this is a clear win for us. Kennedy's a very dangerous player. Hines should get a lot less ball um, at, while he's filling that hole at, at, uh, at the back. So some weaknesses for us to target this week. Matt Moylan. His running speed and hamstrings are about as good as Blake and the Porks these days. Early ball to the edge as well as running a few runarounds to get on his outside. Wade Graham should also get similar treatment when he comes on, assuming he is on an edge. Hopefully they put them both on the same side. It'd be even better for us. We have a clear forward advantage given they won last week with 12 men for 60 minutes. 
I'm also hoping they enjoyed some celebratory refreshments as they certainly deserved it. So bash and crash up the middle, keep it pretty simple and monitor their packs petrol gauge through the game. Lastly, I'd go after Dale Finucane. He is their pack leader, so let's keep him quiet with the ball and fire, fire plenty of attacking traffic his way. Given his age, I doubt his bruises have finished healing from last week's game. The Sharks do have a clear strength in Cameron, Cameron McGuinness at 14. Um, he certainly is a certified lunatic, so we need to keep a close eye on him. If we can do the above, play well, hold the ball, I give us a sneaky chance this week. We will be under the radar. The field might be a bog by Sunday afternoon, so we might actually have a fitness edge given the previous week's games. Enjoy your footy this week and go, you green machine. Oh, my God. Well, good news, good news. He's out on remand um, pending charges from the... the, the he, sa- he sounds positive. He, he does sound I positive. Actually listened back positive. To, um, I listened back to his... Um, yesterday, I listened back to his preview of the Bulldogs game. It was pretty accurate, I've got to say. Like, he nailed most, he nailed most yeah. of the points. Yeah, it, we didn't get to 20 points, but if the forward pass hadn't been yeah, called back, we but he, would have. But everything else was pretty much on. spot on. And he did say that um, Tavita Pangai Jr., uh, was the player to watch and the player to stop, and that he was a lunatic, and I think all that proved correct. Yeah, but that's like me well, saying here, here, that you're an idiot. Is here this... <laughs> Anyone could say that. But that is correct. But this weekend, he's he's obviously he said we got to target Dalfinucan, which I I don't think I've seen Dalfinucan play a quieter game this year than what he played against us in in round one. Like we really shut him down, and and and. You know, you look at their back line and, and Mulatalo and Katoa and Tracy, I think, is an underrated centre. Yep. Um, and obviously, Nico Hines is having a season career, but we, we're missing Jack, which is a huge thing for us. Massive. But I would put our forward pack up against theirs. Um, and I feel like uh, with the rain, you know, like if we can simplify the game, we could definitely get in the arm wrestle and, you know, and, and we could probably, we're not the favourites. So we're not going to be up by 12 points and then shit the bed this weekend. So hopefully we can we can get a bit of a wrestle on and and some of our, you know, forwards can I'd love to see Papa Lee have yeah. just like a, a great game yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. So up will in I. Queensland and in front of his family. Off. And he often and he often saves his best games up there too, right? Like he he has some amazing games up there because he's got a lot of extended family up there. So hopefully, you know, I, I'm not writing us off by any means. Well, look, someone has been writing things off is, is Lord Funkington. And he's been writing off, you know, calling the, the green machine the milk, which we here at Raiders Review with Blake and the Paul completely agree with. We're not the milk. We're the green machine. You know, what's this? We're not the milk. We're not the milk. Not no, the milk. no, 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 no more milk. Let's And, and no more blue in the jersey. So no more blue in the jersey, no more milk. And but definitely I'd, not blue socks. on about that this week. Definitely not blue socks. But it's time to maybe let Lord Funkington speak his mind. Well, yeah, maybe Raiders by 56. Who knows? It could happen. Stranger things have happened. Can't think of any of them, but it could have. It could happen. <laughs> no, no, no. It'll happen. But, um, you know, there, there's been something that uh, has made uh, Blake a little bit fired up this week. In fact, you might say it's made him go, on the burst! Okay, so this is going to be a bit of a bit of a, a touchy subject probably for some people. And, um, yeah... They announced the, the Canberra Raiders, four additions to the Canberra Raiders Hall of Fame uh, 
on the weekend as part of the 40th anniversary um, celebrations of the club. And one of the announcements yep. was um, Quentin Pongia. And I don't know if you guys saw the, the clip that the Kiwi boys actually in the team got up. His his brother was there accepting yeah. accepting the award and they gave him a, a um, sort of impromptu hucker. And it was fa- absolutely great stuff. I mean, Quentin Pongia um, and Johnny Lomax really were part of that 94. Was Johnny Lomax part of it as well? Was he inducted this time as well? I should really check this. Okay. No, he wasn't. No, no, no. It was, it was, it was Pongia, yeah. um, Ruben Wiki, Brett, Brett Hetherington, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think who you're about to talk about. But the, no, that's Paul, where that's Paul why Osborne. I know Ruben Wiki oh, Paul was part. Yeah, so it's kind of they kind and of Paul did the, the heroes but, but, in '94, I guess. It wasn't Brett Hetherington. Sorry, but Ruben Wiki, um, Hetherington was 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 he? Yeah, part, yeah, yeah. Was, I saw done, something. No, but, I think I think he was. I think he was. Um, I think he might have been part of it, but maybe there was five. But um. Wiki was part of the hucker yeah, that the, the current players, our current Kiwi contingent, did to Pongia's yeah. bro- um, brother. It was brilliant. But one person yeah. was announced, and look, it was Noah Nandruku, and I think that was a, a pretty controversial um, appointment and perhaps a little um, misguided, unwise, tone deaf by the club. I mean, we all know, you know, what a fantastic player he was. Uh, you know, he was definitely a big part of that, that 94 resurgence. We had the first two premierships. And then there was the salary cap stuff, you know, and the club had to rebuild. And they brought in some new players, and and um, one of who was was Noah Andruku. But for those that sort of don't know the story, Noah Andruku um, left the club a couple of years after um, the, the grand final, and ended up going to um, the Cowboys, where he teamed up again with Tim Sheens, and kind of his career sort of faded out as as did most of the Raiders players that went up there like Steve Walters as well but um he got charged with a very sort of serious um instance of assault and domestic violence he assaulted um his partner and then he assaulted two innocent um young women in Civic who were just happened to be out on a night out and he's gone and basically you know king hit them cow punch them call what you will and because of all these things, he actually went to court, and this is a famous case, because he went to court, and the magistrate at the time, because he'd drunk so much, and there was a thing in the paper saying he'd drunk 27 beers and six bourbons, or whatever the hell it was, it was some insane amount of alcohol, the magistrate ruled at the time that um, he was, wasn't responsible for his actions because he was so drunk. Because of that magistrate decision, they actually changed the law in the ACT. Like, you can't, that's not a defense that you're so drunk that you know. You're, you're not responsible for your actions. But yeah, based on that, based on the fact that, you know, the league and the Canberra Raiders, everyone says that we're so concerned about, you know, respecting women and violence against women and White Ribbon Day and, you know, the women's round, to then appoint him to the Hall of Fame, it just seems wrong to me. I think he should be disqualified from being, you know, appointed to the Hall of Fame. He's not saying that we scrub his name from every record, pretend he never existed, but I think that being appointed to the Hall of Fame, you know, is kind of the ultimate honour, and you, anyone that's sort of associated with that sort of behaviour should just automatically be ineligible. I mean, it was interesting, you saw the fans came out and chose their best, their favourite players of the 40 years. A lot of people always have him as, as you know, their winger in, in their greatest ever Canberra team. No, he wasn't picked in that team. Yeah, Kenny Nagus. Kenny Nagus was the other one. Everyone knows. Oh, if it was up to me, I'd have Rapper and Fergo. But 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a strange decision by the club. I don't know whether it was. And you know, I hate, I hate agreeing with you, Blake. But I agree that it's uh, it's Ferguson and and Rappen and now. Yeah. No, I think. I mean, I I I I, I grew up loving both Nandruku and Nagus, and I think Nagus is one of my favourite all time Raiders. Just the grace at which he could run. You know, like the way that he flowed across the field. He was almost like watching just water run. It was amazing. But but getting back to obviously the point at hand really um it's it's tough right and I, I think i have to agree with you too blake like it's one of those those crazy things where you know it's with sports teams around the world they're you know it's they're they're being dragged into they're not just sports teams anymore it's social commentary you look at the sports washing that's happening all around the world you look at say you know newcastle united over in the the um english premier league and you know, there's a history of teams over there, whether it be Manchester City or Chelsea or the PSG, or, you know, you can go down the long list of teams that have actually um, got some pretty, you know, interesting backing. And 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 you, those coaches are being asked, well, what do you think about where the money's coming from? And they say, oh, I'm just a coach. This is just a sporting team. And and it's really easy to kind of do that. And, and this is one of those circumstances where, you know, maybe back in the day, that conversation, or maybe if you want to have a beer with Noah or... You know, he might have been a younger man and he might have made mistakes. And, you know, and like you're saying, maybe you don't want to scrub him from the, the records. And I agree, we don't. Like, you can look back and you can look at the way that he played and respect him as a football player. But like you do say, being inducted into the Hall of Fame isn't just about the the, the player that you were. It's about the person you are. And and sadly, you know, we have a team now that, that prides itself on community and, you know, all the, the charitable things that we do, especially through Ricky and the foundation there. And, you know... Um, but I have to admit, you know, maybe maybe some of the decision makers in this case in particular weren't quite aware. Like I I, I try and consider myself as an avid um, Raiders fan as anybody else that might be listening to this podcast. I think I'm probably as passionate as anyone. And that's something that I'd either one, forgotten or, you know, unfortunately yeah. chosen to And there's to an forget. element of that that hey, hates um, a long time ago. You know, it's and- kind of pretend it didn't happen. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think that in Canberra, the Raiders do get away with less scrutiny than um, other clubs, like a lot of Sydney clubs, and maybe that's a part of it, the way it's just kind of, it just came and went, and no one's really said anything about it, which surprised me. I mean, do you, do you foresee a time ever that, that Josh Dugan or um, Todd Carney ever get inducted into the Raiders Hall of Fame? No, they won't, and they had some, no, they they had some fabulous games no, they for the Raiders. And in comparison, any crimes that they committed... Are no way near as bad as this, so there's there's such a level of hypocrisy yeah. and double standard, and maybe it's a recency bias, and like you say, this happened a long time ago, and we're just kind of all going to pretend that he didn't. Do it. Maybe I, I, I've got to say, like I've completely missed it. I didn't even see that he'd gone on there. So like I'm taking your word for it. That he's actually gone on there, but within that, if he has, I'm stunned by it too. I'm absolutely stunned that he could have got on there because there there are some things where you just say, you know what, you don't get in a Hall of Fame. When he did that, yes, he was a great player. He was a great player. And just as he had a shocker in the semi-final against the Bulldogs that day, um, where we, you know, lost to a field Daryl Halligan field goal, he had just as good a game in the grand final in ninety four. So and you just remember his try scoring feats. You know, when he came out of rugby union and uh, he could he never got the hang of for the first season, he did not get the hang of the fact that there were six tackles. And he'd, he'd constantly be throwing balls off the thing or miracle <laughs> things because he thought that's what well, he had to do. You know, it took him the, ages. He comes straight from the rugby union sevens. Yeah, and he kept playing like I that. guess much of it... 
Much of it probably goes back to something which Sharky's talked about with us. I don't know whether it was on the podcast or, you know, personally is, you know, we are a club that seems to be stuck in the past and stuck in nostalgia that we certainly do look back on those teams in the nineties, whether it be 89, 90, 94 with such fond memories that we've probably romanticized. How oh, that they definitely were happens. And, there's and, there's you know, all the people these, that we've turned yeah. these players into icons, you know, where, and we, and we, and then we gloss over some of the, you know, public indiscretions that wouldn't have got the scrutiny because there wasn't social media. And, um, but when it comes to, I think you're right. Like the whole idea of a hall of fame is pretty new to Australian sport. You know, it was something which we've adopted from, you know, where I am right now, it's from the American culture of celebrating the past. And, but in saying that, you know, I think maybe because we are new to it, we are looking back and we are trying to find, icons and heroes and romantic you know figures from the past rather than really looking back at what they did and really looking back at who they are and thinking about this legacy because in 20 or 30 or 40 years these hall of fames are going to have even more gravitas that we really need to be careful with who we're putting in because you know if you know i'd, I'd completely forgotten about what you would said and, and now it's just triggering these memories if, if that's the case then Maybe you are right. Maybe, you know, even though I love Noah and the way that he played, maybe a player that, that does have, and he was found guilty, yeah. right? Maybe well, he was that, or, or innocent, innocent. He wasn't, because he of wasn't the, innocent. So that's what people say. Well, we got off, but the only reason he got off, the, at no point did the magistrate dispute the version of events. He got off because he was deemed to have been no. so drunk that he was in control. And like I said, if you Google the, yeah. the instance, it's in all these law reports because they actually had to change the law in the ACT because it was so ridiculous. Yeah that you, you couldn't be accountable. Yeah. I've just done a bit of research here. And uh, so on Saturday, the 7th of May, which has just been, the Raiders announced four more premiership players into their Hall of Fame at, at the 40th anniversary gala. And the players were Paul Osborne, Raider number 132, Brett Hetherington, Raider number 134, Quentin Pongia, Raider 149, and Noah Njuku. So those were the four. No Wiki, no Lamax. Yeah. So Wiki... Wiki was there. Yeah. Wiki was there. He may so already be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. I'll have to check somewhere. Okay, well, look. Talking, um, talking about things yeah. that are uh, particularly stupid, it's time to go with Ask Clown of the Week, and which, of course, we do for Raiders Plumbing because, well, if you want crack, you got to go to a plumber because no one knows more about crack than plumbers and, you know, Raiders Plumbing. Got to go with them. So Ask Clown of the Week. Look, I'm going to go with a fairly easy, lo-fying, hanging piece of fruit this week and go with Paul Kent. For his his comments. Now, I, I I've listened to the interaction between him and and Maroon and James Hooper. I did, didn't actually think Kent was that bad in it. I didn't think um, Gordon Tallis had pretty much anything to do with it. I thought mostly it was James Hooper who was doing it, and I think uh, did it well beyond a joke. But I didn't really see, you know, that that's a matter for them. But for uh, Kent to come out in the press and start talking about uh, mental health snowflakes. He is Paul that was, Kent. That was genius, and he gets my ass clown of the week for that. Paul Kent is is the the the, the one that always goes on about yeah, um, the politically correct crowd and the snowflakes and everything else. That's his bread and butter. But oh, yeah, hoops, hoops. Yeah, no, well, it, hoops yeah, is, is, is as as much of an ass clown, or you know, even a bigger ass clown. Because as Maroon, I listened to as well. What was yeah, it alluding look, to? Like he lost his license for all these different things. He got getting a charge for somebody getting pissed and like jumping up and down on people's bonnets of people's cars. And then he sort of wants to put himself in some sort of position to like moralise about player behaviour when he's you know, I don't know how old he is, twenty years older than the players he's he's criticising and he's behaving no better himself. He's an ass clown. He's my ass clown. Yeah. Okay, so who have you got for us, Matthew? 
Mine's um, it's probably straight to uh, your heart, actually, Port. Mine's um, Foxtel's cheapness and the way that they are now deciding that their sideline commentary is just going to be from a booth in Sydney. And as Raiders fans, because we might not be the prime game, we seem to be getting Steve Blocker Roach for every second game. And the level of expertise that we're getting is just not up to standard. So, I, you know, I, I, I watch on the Watch NRL app, so I get the Foxtel thing. And I much prefer watching Foxtel than I do Channel 9. But um, the, the level of um, commentary is just dropping and dropping every year. And, and, and my ass clown, I was going to say it's Steve Blocker-Roach because some of the calls he gave us were terrible. But then, you know, he's calling. He's not even going to the game. He's not even going to Canberra to call the game. So it's got to be some, you know, dickheaded, excuse my language, at Foxtel for, for not paying the respect. Yeah, what's that language, Matt? They use Otherwise, COVID as an excuse. You'll get us an explicit uh, tag on our... our uh... Yeah, a lot less swearing from you this week. Like that, There's been a lot less swearing. Yeah, I'm not feeling very it's well. After a win, after that's the theory. After a win, he doesn't. After a loss, he swears more. No, it's just it's it's just you know these you know it's across Australia and it's across America and it's across the world. These corporates that have used COVID as an excuse oh, yeah. to cut costs, and now you know as as fans of the game, we, we're, we should we're, just be grateful we're, we're not playing. Getting a, we should a just cheap, be grateful we're not cheaper. playing Campbelltown. Oh my god! Yeah, we should be. Uh, speaking of ass clowns, and, speaking of ass clowns and rugby league and Foxtel, the other one we should mention, of course, is whatever the hell the dog racing tie-in. What, what the hell that was? Oh my god! That was as that, gutter I, as it I gets. I didn't understand what was that going on. And then they not only they did that, but then they got on board, um, and they had Mitch Moses and Regan Campbell Gillard with with Vossi. I, I didn't understand what was going on. And it was just like no, they, these things just need to stay the hell away. Like they're. They, they, you know, one of these things is not like the other or shouldn't be like the other or shouldn't be compared because we don't want it to be. You know, it's one thing, you know, maybe harness racing or, you know, or racing, you know, and, and I have my hesitations about those too. But the dish lickers, oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. But, you know, strangely enough, that uh, didn't make me uh, get a little bit irritated or, in fact, grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? You know what did grind my gears, Blarko? What? What was it? You know what did? It was uh, once more we saw in there, and and the Penrith Panthers fans were up in arms because the blue shirt trainer for the Parramatta Eels, while uh, the Cleary was coming in to take the conversion, which was turned out to be very important in the context of the game, the blue shirt trainer basically ran in front of the sticks and off to the other side of the ground. Now, that's completely in contravention of the rules of the blue shirt trainers. Um, it really shouldn't be allowed. Absolutely nothing has happened about it. You know, they've done some sort of investigation about it. But once more, as I've been saying now for 10 years, I'm making clear the trainers should have mm -hmm. the most minimal access to the game, to the ground. It should only be during stoppages. It only should be when, like in, in football slash soccer, where the referee actually calls them on. Apart from that, they should go nowhere near the freaking ground. Apart from um, injuries, they shouldn't be on their full stop. It's actually pretty much written that way in the operations manual. For some reason, Nathan McGurk, who runs the operations at, uh, or you know, is said to have run the operations at the NRL, has done nothing about it. It has resulted in all sorts of things like Alfie actually grabbing balls and making his side pack a scrum like Kurt Wrigley when he was at the South Sydney, actually reefing the ball away from a prone Tyrone Peachy in order to get a quick restart going. And, of course, our favourite of Travis Toomer, not just trying to dodge the charge down that uh, Elliot uh, Whitehead uh, or C.S. Oliola put on, 
but actually batting the ball away in the 2019 grand final. Trainers shouldn't be on the field. They should not be on the field. Only the stupidest of sports administrators allow them on there. And you know what? We've got the stupidest of sports administrators and it grinds my gears. It grinds my gears. Okay. Moving right along. Rant over. Moving right along. Who's got to live? No, man, I'm, I'm with... Ooh. Come on. Ooh. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. That was that was pathetic. I want to try something different. Who's got a lift? Ooh. 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 <laughs> I'm dying here. Um, for me, it's Seb Crisp. He's back in. You've got your opportunity, Seb. Lift. Show us. Show us. You are you are harsh. He hasn't played. I'm going to I'm going to go with um, something that <laughs> Matt said earlier. Oh, sorry, Matthew said earlier. Uh, Papa, big Papa. You got another gear, find it. Um, whether he goes better with or without the mullet, the jury's still out. But yeah, I think I think Papa, we need him to have, we need him to run right over the dogs. We need him to rip and tear. And um, I like that he looks for the offload, but I don't think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes sort of going bum on, as Roy and HG used to say, every single hit up, I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. It's... A- Certain players late in their career, they decided to do that and it actually hinders the team. You think about, I personally, Aaron Woods comes to oh. mind. Uh, you know, like Dave Clemmer, it, like these, it's, you think Jane yeah, Fisher Harris just finds his Sometimes that bum on, sometimes we, we, he gets a, an offload, but sometimes it results in a very slow play the ball. And if you compare him to Joe Tarpany, yeah. Tarpany gets a very quick play the ball usually. Yeah. Taps has been great. My, um, my, my who's got a lift and, I hate to say it because he's he's our least experienced player, but um, it's Brad Schneider, and I just want Brad to try and go back to a really simple ball game and get to his kicks early, chase hard, and and just try and get some early ball. You know, I feel like he's he's watching so much video and realizing where the opportunities were, and he didn't take them in the previous play or the previous week. Yeah. So he's preempting the next play, and that's pretty obvious. Where he's he's, he's done a couple where. You know, he was getting rushed up on earlier in the season. And, you know, that play off the scrum where he, he threw that crazy forward pass to Rappiner on the weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it wasn't even close to being the right pass. And, and you know, it's it's not easy because he's only played, he's played less than 10 games. But if he if he can just simplify his game and just, you know, maybe look at what Matt Frawley did on the weekend, but obviously do it down the other side. Yeah. So he's going to be playing down the right. Um you know, I think we've got a pretty decent chance because he's a solid first grader. He's a tough, his big defense body. has been yeah. great. I mean, that's, I think if, that's, that's been the standard. It has, but he needs to enjoy his football. Yeah. And at the moment, he's in a very difficult position to try and go out and enjoy his football um, because there's so much rest yeah, on him. And he'd feel that pressure and, and he'd be in a better position. Um, and, you know, the shoe man came in and did an admirable job. But, you know, you bring White, great job. You bring White and back into the side and. There's something that, that helps Schneider a lot in that. Um, so it'd be good. But, you know, there are, yep. in fact, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. And, of course, the number one is we actually won a match. You know, that, if nothing else, is a reason to be cheerful. Frogerty's back training. That Fogarty. is a reason to be uh, cheerful. Fogarty, Fogarty, Fogarty. That's Fogarty. 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 Yeah. And he's, there was um, a shot of him. dogs. There was a shot of him at training, so he's he's out there, but he looked like he had like one of those yes. no contact. He had like a red. Uh, he's beard. got the red yeah. vest on. Yeah, you can't touch him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But and the knights and the dogs. So he's probably still a few weeks away. Worse than we are. So yeah, the, the Newcastle Knights and the 
and, oh, the, and Warriors the Warriors. Possibly, and the but Warriors. they beat us. So I know. What does that put say? Them below us because they beat us. What does that it doesn't say? matter. That doesn't matter. It's, it might, even now and then, Bournemouth beat Chelsea. Like, let's just, you know, like, you don't have to be the better yeah. side to win the, the game. Fact though, the fact, though, that no, the, the, the Warriors... The Sharks could beat the Warriors with 12 and at times 11 players, and we couldn't beat them with 13, doesn't bode well for this weekend. I mean, I'm still sticking, no, my, tip. Not, but, I'm still uh, sticking my tip of Raiders by 56, but I'm a little bit... That does make me slightly worried. Look, I think because it's a wet track, I'm, I'm cutting back mine. I'm cutting it back in half. And I'm cutting it back to Raiders by 28. <laughs> cutting it in half because it's going to be a wet track. It's going to be cheated up. Look, interesting this week. Um, I've got a listener of the week for us, people. And it is none other. And it will be the first time. It's the first time that we actually have a three-time Raiders review with Blake and the Pork uh, listener of the week. And, of course, it goes to Wanda because I don't know how many of you saw it out there, but she's come up with a Raiders review with Blake and the Pork bingo, bingo board, which is really quite good. My only disappointment with it was it didn't have uh, printed on a pineapple on there. But apart from that, I think she pretty much nailed it, uh, Blake. Yeah, no, it's very, it's it's very bang on. It's very bang. On. I should actually read out some of the things she's got on there. It was it was very good. It was like you know, Tim says Matthew. Uh, there was, it doesn't have uh, to be Tim. Doesn't silence. have to be Tim. Um, yeah, there's awkward silence. Blake says something to upset the pork, and there's awkward silence. And I said that's usually those two sort of, you know, they go hand in hand. One one immediately precedes the other, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm well, just finding it. Okay, so, here we know. go. Blake Stradamus didn't get a run this week. Pork agrees with Blake. We've had one of those. Intro by Sticky. To be determined. Blake interrupts Pork. I usually think it goes the other way around. But anyway, Bill Arke. Matthew, question mark. Matty yells out the window. Name drop. Neither of you. Oh, no. We've had Brendan Cow. What am I talking about? I was about to say there was no name dropping yeah, this week. We've had Brendan and Cow. Matthew hasn't yelled out the window. He's, he Why went to, sort of. Multiple ass clowns, ask, ass clowns. Easter egg. That could happen still. Ricky hate from Blake. There's been very little this week, I've got to say. And as I always say, I don't hate Ricky. I just think that, you know, he sometimes, if he does something that's odd, well, again, his bench is not great. So if he does do things, I'll call it out. Got Matty it. talks before being introduced. Did that happen? I don't know. Awkward silence. No, he didn't. He kept his no, mouth I stayed shut. Out of it. Awkward, awkward silence. There might have been one or two. I might I might just edit some awkward silences in after, after the event. Blake stirs in the pot. <laughs> and mentioning, mentioning another podcast. Well, that's yeah. happened. Def, that's definitely happened. That's definitely happened. Well, they are our sibling podcast. And John like, Sharkey you know, is, is... going to be taking over hosting duties, as I said. We don't want him. They can have him. Shocking. They can have him. It's all theirs. But, I mean, the, this is the thing. The, the Green Machine podcast is, is a different product to what we do. It is a different product. You know, like, the, the two aren't mutually exclusive. No. You don't have to do one or the other. And, in fact, you know, like, it, unlike me, you should probably do both. I do neither. <laughs> But you should probably listen to one of them, you know. That's the go um, because these are people who who love who love the the Canberra Raiders. And once more, a big call out to JB for you know I've got a semi for Blake and the pork video that that was inspired, you know. And it's that sort of content that keeps us, you know, being the podcast that's formerly uh, was formerly known as the the third most popular. Yeah. So we've already had a we've so, we've had a listener week, haven't we? That's, yeah, one done. Okay. You were just reading. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, and that—that's a magnificent. So she's the first and only three-time listener. Of there the won't week. be. There won't be that's another that's one sort of unless there. there won't be another three-time listener of the week unless you accidentally give it to someone three times again. Unless you accidentally give Danny oh, well, Ando listener of the week uh, again. I've, 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 
Have I? No, I gave it. I've given T Mac it twice. He's a and Danny Ando. Most of them you've given out. So Wonder was an intentional two-time listener of, of, of the week, but it's most of the others you just forgot. Then you get because you you know, you've never been keeping the spreadsheet like I told you. Anyway, never. we should not stop once. waffling on. Not have I ever done it? Why? <laughs> That's the whole point of the podcast, isn't it? Waffling on. Okay, just a reminder about the Raiders review with Blake and the Port competition. So you've got to rep your favourite Blake and the Port merchandise or your favourite tagline, such as printed on a pineapple or Raiders by 56. Um, any other Ask one Clown you want, of the you week. Know, calling Matthew Heather. Ask Clown of the Week. Grinds my gears. Ask Clown's a good one to do. Yeah, grinds my gears, but spell it correctly, people. Um, and then you send it through to us at Twitter or at uh, Facebook, uh, Blake and the Pork, um, and hashtag hashtag place your pork or you can use hashtag show your ass with ass being a-r-s-e uh good picture get get something in the public persona you know like get magic behind, round you know the tv camera magic round is an absolute golden opportunity to get something happening you know really golden if, you're, opportunity. if you're heading get, to magic round the and the pork there. show us your ass place your pork and also um you can head along on sunday morning at the paddo which is apparently right near the ground there's a combined greenhouse yep. and um milk book launch David Shillington's going to be there. Matthew Wood's going to be there. He's going to be there. Matt Cleary's going to be there. there everyone's yeah. there. Go there, get a skinful, then go to the ground and yell loudly. Because one thing we did find out was the number one indicator of uh, bias for the referees, and this is an established fact, is the home ground bias because the crowd gets in their ear and it's known and can actually be proven. So one of the failings we actually have as our club, and we've always had this, is we can turn into a polo crowd. Well, the number one thing we got to be is the best I disagree. 18th player. I disagree. I, there was a time when that was true. And I remember in that sort of when we first moved to Bruce Stadium, the, the players were saying that, you know, the, how quiet the crowd was at Canberra Stadium. Did you hear Jazz Tavunga's uh, comment on New Zealand radio during the week? He said that Canberra is no. by far his least play, favourite play, place to play. And the abuse he cops in Canberra is far Ooh. worse than anything he's, he's ever experienced anywhere else. I think Jazz Tavunga needs right? to harden up. I don't. I think he needs to harden up. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. And like he can't I, harden <laughs> up. He's got a name, Jazz, which is kind of funny because it's, it's this, you, isn't This Matthew? is not. This is not um, totally what? isolated because uh, Paul Gowan also came out. I remember once and said he copped far more abuse. Uh, but that I heard. I heard than he, Paul Gowan than he ever copped. Than Ga- he ever copped in Queensland. And I actually, I actually think. But I, heard I have an idea getting... who one of the so I... one of the people responsible for it is they may actually listen to this podcast but anyway I won't, I'm not going to out I'm not going to name names or out people but they know who they are you're not talking about Brad the Ripper are you <laughs> it's not Brad the Ripper <laughs> it's not Brad the Ripper it could be though but you're on the side you're on the sideline right and so you would hear the things being yelled and that's out. what I'm saying I'm on there and I can I can hear stuff but who I'm sitting in front of the hardcore members so I sit right in front of like the hardcore members and they're generally aren't um, the massive abusers actually yeah. in there. It's when you're going around the grounds, doing the end around the field, uh, doing the interviews at the end. When you get in a certain pockets, definitely in the end zone, um, you know, on either end of the ground, the cheap seats is where you actually start hearing the cheap it. seats. The, the cheaper the seats, cheap seats you, where the drunk you definitely seat. start hearing survival. But seriously, having gone into the tunnel near Gallon, going in on twice, going in there, the abuse that was levelled at him was five star. Five star. Do you want to be known as, as a ground that players look forward to playing at because they, you know, you, you want the hostile no. treatment? You, no, I absolutely you, don't. Talk to the Canberra Raiders players what sort of a serve they would have copped at Penrith Park a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I've, I've been I've been to yeah, yeah, away yeah. grounds yeah, exactly. and, as an away supporter, and I've never seen uh, any 
away supporters at Canberra Stadium particularly copping anything. I know some Souths fans reckon they copped it a bit after that semi-final, but I've never really seen anything. I mean, we went to uh, Shark Park in 2008 for a game there, and we were lucky to get out of there with the shirts on our backs. They were literally people were trying to rip them off us. It was it was yeah, it was particularly I, rough. I was at Billmore once in the nineties where I was I was pretty concerned. Yeah, don't go don't go down near the train concerned. tracks. That's what I was told when I went there as a kid. We went on the Raiders bus, which was actually driven by Tony Wood, you know, Victor the Viking supporters bus up to Belmore and they said, Okay boys, yeah. we were only like thirteen or fourteen, just don't go down that end near where the train tracks are, you might get stabbed. We're like, Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't you don't want to no, get No, but st- I guess much of much of it probably comes down to the stadium and you know, Canberra Stadium's pretty easy to get in and out of. So you know, if you're an away fan, you yeah. probably can get out of there pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I don't know. You get stuck in traffic for a I don't think while. I don't. Well, you're stuck in your car. Indeed. Listening to you talk about the game. Alan Tung is the yeah, Alan Tung yeah, is the good no. one to listen to in in your car coming out of the game. Yeah, Alan's um, actual uh, analysis and insight is is first rate. I got to say. He's uh, he makes me want to be a better man. But in and then terms, once in I terms, stop talking for a while, I, I lose that impulse. But in terms of his, uh, in terms of his, like actually analysis and his very, he has a very uh, unbiased, and um, he's not really, he's not really a company man, and then he's, he's quite often critical of the Raiders and how they're playing. But I think he's, I think he's usually very smart. Yeah. You know, he's good. He's he's a very good commentator. He's a good man as well. Look, coming up after this match. Um, magic round. We've got the Rabbits in Dubbo on Sunday, 22nd May. Big news Win. coming out of there. They've lost Cameron Murray. Yeah, that's huge. For five to six weeks. That's huge. That's huge news for them because he's such a good player. Um, that's Sunday, 22nd of May at 2 p.m. So we've got two Sundays in a row. Good full seven days break there. And they'll be coming off a six-day break, <laughs> I believe. Then we've got the Eels on Sunday, the 29th of May, 4 p.m. at home. So the last fixture. Win. That, that's a massive thing. Um for us um, to, to try and go in there and actually... Big crowd, that one. The Blue you know, and Gold make... Army will be out in force. Oh, yeah. No, they'll, 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 they'll travel for that one indeed. Well, half live in Canberra. And then anyway. after that, after that, we've got round 13, which is, again, a Sunday match. So another match on TV, and that's against the Roosters, uh, Sunday the 5th of June, going there. Can we have um, Matt, can we have we Matt Yorns? Can I add that to the bingo? I mean, I know people can't see that listening. But it's not even that. It's not even that yeah, late there, man. Night. It's not even that late there. It's not. It is late. I've been up since five o'clock, mate. Is that Roosters game? Are they Sons? They are. are they Sons State yeah. of Origin? Uh, they are. Yes, that is the State of Origin yeah. match. But that they have right. really who, who, who them they're, is they're, making Tedesco. Who are they going to have out? They're going to have Tedesco. Teddy and Crichton. Maybe Tupo. And Crichton. Really? Crichton will get picked. They've got Crichton now with. Now with Murray out, there's a chance. Murray of Crichton hasn't been seeing the world on fire. The other one would be um, what's his name for? No, um, Lindsay uh, Collins will probably play first. No, no, but the Maroons, no, 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 no way will he. They've got no forwards. Oh, maybe for the Sorry, I thought he was New South Welshman. Yes, yes, you're right, you're right, right. Sorry, I thought he was New South Welshman. Jesus, Paul. You're right, but Jesus. The, Tedesco I don't agree is, with is it, what they'll be meeting. No, Jesus, Jesus plays for Parramatta. Crichton's going to get Crichton is going to get picked, even though you well, we might not agree with it. He is going to get picked well. For that we will definitely lose Papali'i. There's no, yeah. there's no question that we will lose Papali'i for that and for the we'll match, and Jack, we'll lose so Jack White. And do I can't we see, think now that um, with Pap with Papanahaisen yeah. now injured, I don't see Jack possibly missing the side, and with Latrell Mitchell injured, I don't see Jack possibly missing the side because he'll either go into Jack will either go into the utility fourteen 
or he'll go into the the center he'll spot be the that, 14. Um, Mitchell had. He'll be the 14. Yeah. He'll be the one, 14. One of the two. He'll, he'll, either, be, he'll either be the 14 or he'll go into I the center. I think that one of those two um, they would pick, they would go with um, Jack over Nico Hines because I think Jack is more suited to the sort of state of origin type of play. I mean, Nico Hines is not, he's a brilliant, I actually yeah. love him, brilliant player, but he's not, doesn't have that toughness. Yeah, I, do too. I don't think he has that. And defensively, he's not as strong. As Jack, so I think Jack actually one of the things that I want to complain about with the shark, just before we go, the one I want to compl- complain about the sharks at the moment, is their lack of players I really despise. So they've been really high on the I despise these players list, but when you go through it now, you used to have you know you used to have your gallon for feeders now barely in the side. Um, uh, Wade Graham played a lot more, but he's not really playing there, so you don't can't really despise him like you used to. You know, there, there was, there was these Molotalo. Yeah, there was these Molotalo. I guess, I guess, but I sort of admire his talent. Um, so it, it's just, you know, I'd really, I'd really like to, you know, find some more players there that I actually despise. Moylan, don't I like, hate Moylan. I re- really. Oh yeah, of course, I hate Matt Moylan. Good, thank you for saving me there. Jesse Ramian. Well, he's not playing this weekend, but yeah. Dale, Dale Funikane. I hate anyone Dale with Funikane. a name. Any. Fanukin. Nah, Anyone that played for the Storm and anyone and who's the Sharks, any, I hate. Anyone whose parents didn't know how to name their child, or they just decided to name them <laughs> Teague. Well, I don't like. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like Blake Braley because of the, the additional Y. But um, speaking of teams we don't like, assuming the grand final occurs between uh, Penrith and Storm, who are you going for? Matthew, Matthew Alfredi first. Who, who? who are you cheering on it, in a Storm oh. and Penrith grand final? <laughs> oh well, don't make me open the window again. I'm not cheering on anyone. I'm not. You have to it. watch it. You know this game. I, you I, watch them this weekend. I no. There are certain teams that there are certain teams that I hate, Blake, and I won't watch the grand final. I didn't watch the Cronulla Melbourne grand final, and Brendan Cowson made of mine. Bingo! I hated those teams, and I don't want to watch two bingo. shitty teams. <laughs> Do I have to get bingo. all the just when I say bingo? When I get one. Um, but I mean, if you if you had to, if I had to, like, if I had to choose a side, I'm going for the storm. Um, I would choose. Mel- yeah, I'm going for the storm. I would choose Melbourne yeah. too. Storm over over Penrith now. I can't stand I the way that Penrith carry I on. I can't stand Crichton and Luai. I can't mm. and just. They score a try even against you know like a a dogs or a a Titans and yeah. their carry the thing, on is thing just, about like okay, Storm okay, okay. And Queensland. Who do you dislike more? Who do you dislike more? Do you dislike Felice Cafusi or Stephen Crichton more? Yeah, maybe Crichton, Stephen yeah. Crichton. Crichton's Felice Cafusi is because he has more. He, he has Cafusi doesn't yeah. have as much influence on a game. It was Cafusi for six years, yeah. and now it's one hundred percent. I was going to say with Crichton. the Storm, the Storm in Queensland. The storm in Queensland is I grew I grew I grew numb to like Cameron Smith holding up a shield. It just you see it so much, it doesn't hurt as much because you just go go numb to it. You know what I mean? Whereas Penrith carrying on again, yeah, I don't want to see Kifusi that. And never went. Nah, and Kafusi never went up after a game to rub it into one of our players. Look, like, I'm going to say just, something really horrific. If the Raiders can't win this year. I would like the Eels to win it. Yeah, same, same, but. If look at look at this way, if if the Storm win, there's going to be less. There's going to be less TikToks. Oh. There's gonna be less bad singing. There's gonna be less burnouts. You know what I mean? So storm win, it happens. You forget about it. It's done. We move on. 
True, true. Anyway, yeah, you have I, don't like, I don't like who likes Mitch Moses. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, you have been listening to the you, podcast. You, oh, yeah, pork, yeah. pork. No, no, pork. Before before you get out, pork. Right. You really want to see Mitch Moses hold the train? No, he wants King Gaffe. King Gaffe holding really? it up and doing a bit of a hip wheel. <laughs> bit of bit of Elvis. Elvis. Oh, Elvis. I'd like to see. Ju- I'd like to see Junior Paulo hold it's, it up. It's Junior. Like it's Junior Paulo now, mate. Hold it up. Paolo, I would like to see Dylan Brown <laughs> hold it up. I'd like to see Dave, Bailey Simonson hold it up. Um, I'd like to see. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few players there I've RCG. got some time for. There's quite a few. Uh, Hayes Perham. There, there's a few that I don't like. I like uh, Isaiah Papali'i. I wouldn't mind seeing him hold it up. Um, Bryce Cartwright. If he ever gets back from injury, Mike Acevo. No. Uh, Mike Acevo's um, due back soon. He's due back very soon. Yeah, uh, right, look, I'm the, gonna go on record. If the Ra- if the Raiders if the Raiders don't win it this year, I'd like to see the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, put some money on about them. something put realistic. Some anyway, you have been listening. You great eyes. Shut. Before you we go, listening to okay. the podcast. Oh, for God's sake. Okay, before we go, we're gonna close this week with a special song by the friend of the show, Dennis Carnahan, the wonderful Dennis Carnahan, who's also uh, he's. It's quite funny. He's a big part of the ABC Grandstand Rugby League coverage, although he never actually speaks on it. But he's, he's such a key. He does the sound for Andrew Moore, etc. And um, quite often when they make a joke and you can hear someone laughing in the background, that's Dennis. Have you have you heard him, Tim? Yes. He's got a wonderful yes. laugh. He's got he, he's when when Sammy smiles and Dennis laughs. They're just these things that make me feel a bit better about life. So anyway, I was going through anyway. the computer and I discovered a song that Dennis um, wrote about the bunker called uh, Video Killed the Rugby League Star. What well, was a take on the, the, the Bugle song, of course. Um, and it was after the, the, the famous Cronulla Sharks flag up, Ricky blowing up about the bunker game. 2018, can you believe that's four years? Time flies. Anyway, it's a great song. I thought we'd give it another it run. We'll give it another run, Dennis. Anyway, you've been listening to the th- podcast, formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders View with Blake and the Pork, and we'll talk at you again soon. The bunker is a waste of time. This is what people are turning off rugby league. Raiders v Sharkies in Cronulla Friday night. Raiders were down by four but still well in the fight. Valentine's forward pass was knocked on on the right. The flag went up and referee called knock on. The touchy raised his flag to say that play should stop. Then Jerry Sutton put his whistle in his gob. But inexplicably refused to do his job. Judge's flag was raised And Jerry should have whistled then to stop the play Somehow the billion dollar bunker missed the flag And this isn't the first They burn and sack the touch judge This has happened too regularly But left the others untouched So you can put that in And I think that probably clarifies things pretty good by itself